podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This episode of Misery Hunters is brought to you by Paisley Craft Beer Co. Paisley's Craft Beer Store is located in Silk Street in the town centre. There are hundreds of different beers on show for you to take away or even sit in and enjoy. Not only that, one season ticket holders will get 10% off beer purchases on match days when you present a valid season ticket. That's the takeaway or sit in as well. You can click and collect via their website at www.paisleycraftbeer.com. That's www.paisleycraftbeer.com. Hello you miserable bastards and welcome to the Misery Hunters podcast. My name is Jamie Coburn and joining me is Sam Smith. Howdy. And Mark Jarden. Good evening. Uh, we haven't had one to talk about in a while. Uh, obviously we'll talk about another defeat afterwards, but we won a match. Stephen Robinson got his first three points right at the death. Um, Connor Ronan, our saviour again. Uh, Sam, you were at the match. What was your thoughts? <laughs> Uh, I think there was a lot of criticism about the way we were, the way we were playing at the night. But I think, in my opinion, I, th- I think a lot of people were kind of moaning about the the pace of the game. But to me, it just looked like we were we were in control for, for start to finish. Bard and D maybe flashing a couple of chances across goal at the start of the second half. We, we never really looked in any danger of losing the match. We were pretty patient in the build up. I know everyone kind of alters their opinion sometimes on what they think St Mirren should be doing with the ball. You know, a lot of people want to go and attack at 100 miles an hour. Some people are kind of, I don't know, I, I, I really don't know. I think playing possession football with the players that we've got actually really suited us. And I think we created a lot of openings. I think on another night, some of the chances that we had with have been in. Maybe they've been talking about just winning at the last gas. We've probably been talking about winning 2 or 3 now. So I it was a, a comfortable performance. And, an amazing way to win it at the end. What a what a celebration that was! It was just some buzz going back up the road after that. We should really like. I know. Well, there's not too much points really to talk about the match, but one point we will talk about is that that cross from Wee Jamer. <laughs> Aye, that was, what a man! What a nickname! What that a guy! That was that brilliant. Was <laughs> Aye, I think uh, he, he took a lot of stick when he came on actually, Henderson for. Uh, I think the crowd groans for the crowd, obviously, at Robinson for not making a sub until pretty late on. I think he only made his first sub by 15 minutes to go, and it was a uh, grave on for, for Brophy. And I think Henderson followed just not too long after. I think uh, it was the other way round, or maybe might, I'm getting it wrong. I think Henderson might, came on by like just over 10 minutes to go, and then Grieve was quite late on. Yeah, I think, oh, yeah, yeah, I, you're right, I agree. I think it was five minutes to go. But uh, I, I think a lot of people were getting on at Henderson's back. He had, he would take the ball forward and then he'd turn back and pass it back to Tate just for the safe option. But the first time he actually had a real go, the, the ball in was, was inch perfect, you know, to see a, it wasn't just a, a cross for a guy that you would like Tanzer who just kind of hits and hopes into the box. You know, it was well placed right into the dome Ronan and a cracking heater as well. You know, they were, they were done easy. It was worked in at some pace and he just had to direct it properly right in the corner and then, aye, great way to win a game. Mm-hmm. Well, um, we'll get to in plenty of time, but the, the cross was kind of similar to the the cross for the fourth goal for Hearts at the mm-hmm. uh, the weekend, and it's the kind of cross that we don't we don't seem to do often enough. That 
you know, as you were saying, kind of really well measured. It's not a hit and hope. It's whipped beyond the beyond the last man of the defence in anticipation for, for one of ours getting out in front and into that space in a really dangerous area, which I mean, we've got Brophy, who, you know, that's his whole his whole game's finding that half yard and, and being selfish and putting stuff away. Greaves already shown himself to be, you know, a kind of really sharp striker with that with the right instinct who who maybe just needs a bit of, of polishing to to get there. We, we should absolutely be doing that kind of thing. And then it wasn't even one of them that that put it away. It was it was Ronan who, you know, just has this knack of being the the guy that does it for us when when we need to. And if, if none of them do it then Shaughnessy is always liable to show up as our most mm-hmm. attacking player and get his napper on something. So I think um yeah, it's just a moment of, of quality from, from Henderson. And I think there's the same with him as as Jones. You know, that they're both proper out-and-out wingers who are capable at their best of doing the kind of thing that wins games, that that takes draws into into 1-0 wins, that, that score equalisers or create equalisers at the end of games out of, out of absolutely nothing. And you probably just need to accept that the, the counterpoint to that is they won't always make the right decision or they won't always see through what it is they're trying to do. Sometimes if they don't think it's on, they'll play a kind of safe pass and, and wait for the one that does suit them. And if it means that we get a 93rd minute winner out of out of nothing with an inch perfect cross, then then so be it. It's just the, the kind of price you need to to pay for that. But full, full, obviously Ronan deserves so much credit for being there and having the composure, but for, for Henderson... Still a young guy, still you know, kind of trying to fight to earn his right to win the team. The composure at that point in the game to to do that deserves a lot of a lot of praise. Mm-hmm. I, I think my only criticism of Jordan Jones that whole game, apart from the two setters he missed, I don't know <laughs> if he's noticed it. See the corners, wow! <coughs> like I think every corner Jordan Jones hit, which I think was five. He ballooned all the way to the back post to the point where it actually Joe Shaughnessy was near enough standing at the other corner flag by the time he got a contact on it. They were abysmal crosses. And it, uh, he did get quite a lot of stick for support on it, and I think rightly so. So they were I just don't know what we were trying to do. I don't know if we were trying to hit it at the back for Shaughnessy to head her back across and then take it for there. But oh, they were really Really, really, really bad crosses. Not one good cross was hit in for Jones that night. But he's a he's a typical winger. Uh, we a bit more quality than most in the league. So I think yeah, I'm going to forgive him for having one bad performance. To be honest, we always seem to do that with corners, don't we? Was it not a couple of seasons ago where we had the problem where we were always aiming for the front post? So I couldn't beat the man. No, so now now it's the opposite. We're <laughs> we're beating everybody. Um, I do hate that shout though about not even being able to clear the first man as if the guy who's taking the corners aiming to just get it above the head of everyone mm-hmm. and he's no good enough to he's obviously trying to do something mm-hmm. and it's just not worked but the amount of experts from the from the terraces every single time well we can't even beat the beat the first man there as if we're not capable of lifting a ball eight feet off the ground for 25 yards well, these are the same Stick people that will be complaining about Stephen Robinson's like passing football like You've got to say, you've, these guys will be shouting, oh, just get it up the park. But then as soon as you were playing that, it'd be, oh, get it on the deck. It's the same shit. It's just people that was, up a, a moan. That's... It's a, you're, you're bang on. And that was a lot of the shouts that were, when it was getting to the last sort of 20 minutes, it didn't be. Bear in mind at this point, we had a good few chances to probably be in front at this point. 
and done when Shaughnessy, rather than doing what they done under Goodwin, which would have been hammer the ball up long to Brophy, who's the height of shite, and isn't he going to win headers against four giants at centre-back? We actually were taking the time, passing the ball at line, trying to build up a wee bit of play, whether it be through Tanza or Tay, or getting the ball through the middle of the cover for him to get out to Jones and Henderson, or Kilty. Like, I think people just need to have a wee bit more patience with, mm-hmm. with Robinson and his tactics. You know, this, is, this isn't his team. I think it's probably harsh to judge him on, I think maybe the Ross County game aside, I think it's probably hard to judge him so far. You know, this, is, this isn't a squad of guys that he would have picked. We know he's a guy who likes to play 4-3-3 three, three and get pacey wingers into the game. And unfortunately, with the squad that was left, we've only got two wingers in the team. Mm-hmm. If anything happens to any two, then it knocks the team well out of shape. So I, I think we just need to be a wee bit more patient in regards to what Robinson's trying to implement. I think it was very telling and was an interview he was doing recently where he said that potentially five new names that he's looking at. And I think that kind of tells you a lot about, about what he thinks of the squad. Um, it's only three new names once you take out the right back and left back that he's definitely going to say. <laughs> but yeah, aye. Um, we will move on to the Hearts game. A great game for the neutrals. Uh, I defensive masterclass from ourselves should we say i think that's i think that's fair if you know in, in future if you look up how to defend against a team with good wide players and big strikers then you know probably just be a link to the <laughs> scottish cup channel on youtube and the highlights of, of that one textbook it was brutal mm-hmm. absolutely brutal their first goal i mean i would i i i was um working till late so i was watching it on my phone as i was walking home and uh when that goal went in like i was it's just it was just bad from the fact you've let i can't even pronounce his name Benigny, yeah i am I, I made a complete hear of it on the last podcast so did, uh, i think i added an extra syllable so i've been practicing all week it's Benigny. Uh, you, you called him <laughs> yeah. I did a wee extra. I did like a UKIP candidate in some southern <laughs> English county. Uh, I've, I've corrected myself. Yeah, but the fact you're letting him get a goal kind of shows uh, probably should have been done better. What? Um, really? I'm now trying to. I wish I watched the highlights before I'd done this podcast, but <laughs> um, that was the one where everybody was standing holding for offside, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Charles think- done. Like Aye. he just stood and we and he like I'm not saying that he could have got there on time, but he was about a yard away from him and he just stopped and held his hand up. Like if he had made an effort, like I'm going to say there's a good chance he probably still would have scored, but you wouldn't be complaining about that fact. But if he'd made an effort, there's there's still a chance he stops that. Aye, I think the, I I think think the big him. one. Oh, sorry, oh, sorry, on you. I think the big one for me and that goal was was Tanza. I think as soon as he sees that Dunn's standing still, Tanzer doesn't really... I think I've, I do like Tanzer as a footballer, but get the impression he's a bit of a shite bag and he doesn't like getting the hit. And he doesn't like putting his body where it hurts. And I think on the opposite side, you've got Tate, who flew it to Mackay. In fairness, done, done well enough to... I think he, he got something on the cross to make it a wee bit easier for us to defend. But I don't think Tanzer helps Dunn at all. Mm-hmm. Obviously, as you say, done standing still, but when the ball breaks to Beringame, Tanzer's kind of looking at it as if to say, Oh, great, if I go in here, I'll probably take a wee hit. But aye, it was poor, poor. I actually thought Anik could have done a lot better as well, but I think that's maybe you know, a wee bit too harsh. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I'm a bit harsher on, on Tate than that, I think. He, but I think there's a reason for it. 
from from memory, he has to kind of hedge his bets in case Mackay cuts and, and plays the ball in with his other foot. And as a result, he's, he's quite far off him, but just as him, and it's, it's probably more obvious from the the reverse angle, Kilty is just jogging back, like, Erehorn levels of commitment to getting back in, in line to to cover someone. So Tate is left to do to do both jobs and, and to have to, to throw himself into that. And so it probably just is a bit too much space for the, the cross to come in. And then I, I think you've you've nailed it with the rest of it. Once the cross does come in, Anik does okay to, to be make a nuisance of himself and, and getting about the kind of first attempt and, and to do what he can. But when it becomes clear that he's not going to be able to get hands on that, Tancer's hands on hips at the, you know, a good metre, two metres off where they should be and, and just kind of sells us out at that point. I think, um, you know, Beringame has all the time in the world to to put that way and it's it's criminal. It is. And I think, for, I would agree with what you were saying before with the, the Dundee game and how we look as if we're beginning to play coming forward now. I think there's the shoots of something which I think will be more enjoyable to watch than than what we had under their good when there's a, a bit more ambition, there's a bit more faith in, in players in their, you know, in their correct positions and, and being a bit more expressive and and what we're doing and the goals that we're scoring that we'll we'll talk about, I think, are, are evidence of that. What we seem to be losing as a I don't know if it's as a consequence of that or just because we now don't have Goodwin who who was very good for all these flaws at organising our backline, we seem to have just lost the head a bit. In that regard, that the composure that was there, where you know you could assume teams would throw crosses at us for ninety minutes, and you wouldn't, you know, you'd maybe concede one if it was a particularly handy striker or, or something happened, but you wouldn't mean getting four crosses into into your box, finding a, a man in space and and putting it away. I think there's there's maybe just been a bit of a trade off there, so we probably need to score more goals before we can accept that. And if if we can't score that many goals, then something will have to happen at the back to to tighten up a bit. Obviously, going at, going in at half time at two 0 down, and and the manner that we've conceded these goals as well, you're 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 slightly worried that this could be a high, quite a high score. I mean, it kind of, I guess, kind of. Boyce, Boyce tore us to shreds on that second goal as, as well. I I think see for as much as I think people will say that the second goal is bad defending, the second goal perhaps was a fucking belter. It, it was exactly what you want your team to do it was one touch it was just ridiculous football as soon as the ball got into the other half uh, I think you're right boys boys had a boys had a really good game so he seems to get a lot of stick off of Hearts fans for some reason but I think he's a level above I, th- I think he's uh, a, a real standout and, and outside of outside the big two I don't know if there's a better striker in, in the league honestly no he's a he's a great player I think he was on 15 for the season though. Sims as well like Aye. All the games against us, he's a real handful. Yeah. Um, he, he seems to have. Um, I've, I've not watched him beyond that because why would I? But um, anytime I've, I've seen him against us, he, he shows up. He, he's he's really really tricky to play against, and he's he's certainly got kind of attributes. And when I've seen him kind of bounce off boys, particularly with the the build up to that goal, the two of them just made us look. It made it look like, you know, they were a, a kind of good championship team, and we were. Ross County's under twenty ones in the Iron Brew Caramel way for Petrofac. Like just kind of kind of pushed us about a bit and right. made us look like we fannies. To be honest, Tancer again, absolutely nowhere at the back post, which fine, he's having to cover two guys and, and they're 
they're making the rest of the team look like fannies. But again, I think it's just evidence of the fact that I don't think defense, the defensive side is, has, uh, is what's got him to where he is. I think he's, he's in because he's productive when we've got the ball. But we're, we're maybe suffering a bit just now for, for a lack of kind of cleverness or nastiness on his part um, as, a, as a fullback. I think we're struggling. I think another player you've got to throw into that mix of how well he played against us was Barry Mackay. Yeah, he's, he's a he's a cut above Barry Mackay. Mm-hmm. He's probably he's probably a bit hardly but uh, a harsh done by not again the Scotland squad as well. I think uh, guys like Jacob Brown here. I mean, essentially, really nobody's in the grand scheme of things. I think Barry Mackay's probably performed just every bit as good as he has. He's he's had a great season. He's been Hearts' best player by a mile. And they're a team sitting comfortably third in the league and have took points off of both Rangers and Celtic this year. So either he's definitely definitely a cut above what we're getting. But we did, we did get a lifeline. Um, uh, obviously, the shine's been kind of taken away from this goal because of the the one after it. But extremely well worked goal. Yeah, and, yeah totally. and and. Uh, a great finish from Eamon Brophy. That's what you want to see from him. How many times have we seen strikers try to make that move, miss the ball, or again, or just have no real power behind it, or sky it? Like it's it's really well done. It's that same thing from from Henderson and and Ronan mm-hmm. at the end of the Dundee game. It's it's the it's the, the kind of furthest wide player at that point, clipping a well measured cross round the defence, and mm-hmm. and us having someone at the other end of it who's clever enough to. To be in the right place and to and talented enough to put a, to put a finish on it, I, I think if you know on a, on a different night if we'd lost by a couple of goals and we'd only scored one, and that was our one, I think we'd all be talking about how well Brophy did, and mm-hmm. you know hopefully that was signs of, of him getting back to, to fitness and what he might deliver under Robinson. So it shouldn't be lost in the in the celebrations about Ronan's goal. It was it was a peach. Mm-hmm. Aye, I think ah. Uh, uh, might I think it might be a I don't know I could be wrong I honestly think in the whole of Brophy's time here that's the first time you've ever clipped a ball across the face of goal for him like that yeah I, I, there's no other chance shot. off the top of my head that I can remember that we've put in a proper and that's not just for Brophy that's for any striker that's been in our team we've not put a ball with any real quality like that across for a striker to kind of run on you and try and finish in one touch because it, it was an excellent finish you know his the ball in for Tate as Mark said, was brilliant, but to actually have the technique to go and fire that right into the top corner on the stretch was superb. And I, I think it's weird, but that is usually what happens when you've got a guy who can put the ball in the back of the net and you give him the ball in areas like that. He'll nine times out of ten get it on target, and it's what we never we really struggled in, under Goodwin doing that. And hopefully, it's a sign of things to come under under Robinson. Mm-hmm. It feels like every just with, with what you're saying there, Sam. It feels like every shot he's had for us has either been him making a chant, making a, a shot for himself out wide or outside the box, and you know finding a half yard to get something away, or fighting for a half chance in the in the box, which he did a couple of times against Dundee, and you know things were either blocked or or saved, and he could maybe have done a little better, but he's not getting those chances. He's not getting well-engineered chances into his kind of area for him to to put something on it. So hopefully, if that is a sign of, of what we're trying to do a bit more in the space that we're kind of creating, then you know, I, th- I think that could be really that could be really productive for us. 
as you said there Sam as well about those type of balls going into the box for the strikers it kind of shows the amount of people that will moan about our strikers like and say that we, we need a decent striker we need it we've got strikers we've just never really offered them quite like these chances that's why they, they tend to go on and maybe score more at other clubs Danny Millen maybe not as much but um, it's no rocket science it's see when you've got guys like Dennis and Brophy on the books for the past two seasons and you don't give them any quality balls like that and you're relying on I think every single goal Brophy scored this season barring the penalty against Motherwell he's made himself as Mark said like your striker shouldn't be making chances for himself mm-hmm. striker should be getting the ball into his feet and then have it, he should have the work done for him but Aye, it was a, a cracking goal. It's aye, it's just amazing seeing what happens when you give a guy like Brophy the ball in the box. I'm going from one amazing goal to another. Connor Ronan. Like, he, aye, what a man. Absolute fantastic finish placement. Like, wasn't too, like, you could have put a lot of power on that shot and it would have completely lost its accuracy, but he got. A decent amount, like the perfect amount of power, perfect amount of placement. Craig Gordon had absolutely no chance. It, it was just a great goal. I thought he was going to cross it when it first went out to him, to be honest. And I was actually screaming at the theatre. I was not there. I was at my dad and we were watching at the pub. And when the ball dropped his feet, just kind of like, right, one cross that in. I think you see Fraser shouting for the ball at the back post. And then, aye, fuck me. What a hit. That, that was, that's incredible. That's, that's just how talented the guy is. He's just a cut above our level. Mm-hmm. He's probably getting a wee bit into the the level. I think he's kind of getting a wee bit like Kenny McLean when he's winning matches on his own for us. Obviously, like Kenny did before he went to Aberdeen in that season. We went down. He's just, uh, he just, he just looks as if he's a, a just a match winner already. I think mean, he's only about twenty three as well. He's still well away from hitting the prime of his career. Aye, he, he's destined for far better things than slumming it at St Mirren for another year than <laughs> I could. I can't... He's a, a, no, I was just going to say, it's a kind of odd odd combination of, of qualities. He's, he's got that knack that, you know, like an Adam Hamo or a Stevie Mallon had, where literally he can fashion a goal out of any position, the, the technique sometimes. It's just ridiculous, and, and you do wonder how someone like that's ended up in Paisley. With those guys, you had to you had to weigh that up against, you know, Malin not being able to play in, in central midfield and not doing the covering, or Hamill being not the kind of fittest guy who Take, was capable of leading the line, or Adam Hamill taking the shot because he can't be bothered running anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you're putting those guys in and playing them in the hole in inverted commas because. That's the kind of you, you need to carry them to hope for those moments of magic. Ronan's doing these things and still being, you know, a really combative midfielder. You know, sometimes that involves putting his studs through someone's femoral artery, sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> but, you know, he's he's involved physically in the game. He, he tracks constantly. He, he goes out wide if he has to. He creates chances for others if he has to. He's He's got that real kind of Paul McGowan thing of always finding a half yard of space when he takes a pass and being able to, to pass the ball on and keep keep moves going, which I can see from Jamie's face he doesn't necessarily agree with me. No, no, I was, McGowan, I, was, but... I was just laughing at ah. the fact that we're talking about how good Conor Ronan could be and then we've just compared him to Paul McGowan. <laughs> <laughs> I, I heard you 
talk about Joe Shaughnessy having shoulders like Zlatan on two different occasions. So <laughs> that's still not the worst comparison anyone's made here in quite a while. Um, but Ronan has all these attributes to his game. He, he does these things and is still, you know, probably the best central midfielder in our in our side. I, you don't hold on to someone like that for for that long. If if we can talk him into to being here next season, then you know I think we need to get a, a Robinson or a you know maybe a Tony statue or something um, sorted for outside the the ground if you can make it happen. But I, I, I don't think we're going to be so lucky. That's the thing. I think the Robinson ones, all right. Just leave the Tony statue. None of that. We don't want our fight on Twitter. Um, <laughs> the thing is, with Conor Ronan, he's, he's clearly enjoying playing here. Like um, he said, like the comments he said in the press that is, he doesn't know what his future will be. Um, he wouldn't be against coming back. He's too good for this league. That that's the thing. Like yeah. he could go to Hearts for a season or Aberdeen is the like the daily records. I think they're they're definitely just made up. Like. If he hadn't scored that goal, those rumours wouldn't be out there kind of thing. Yeah. Or if he'd scored that goal and it wasn't on TV, those rumours wouldn't have been out there. I think there's every chance he does end up, you know, when all's said and done at a Hearts or something. You know, a team with European football mm. that, you know, are, are more likely to finish higher up the table than we are, bigger budget, will be able to pay more of whatever Wolves need to be paid in order to, to let him out. But I think the reassuring thing is just now he's not shopping himself about for that. You're not getting the kind of coy, mm-hmm. oh, you know, kind of answers here. He's, yeah. he's been quite quite effusive about how much he's enjoying his football here, about, you know, the, the, the run of games that he's enjoying. And I think he's probably got his sights set a bit higher. And I, to be honest, I won't hold it against him whenever he ends up next season, unless it's Ross County or something. I, I genuinely think that the way Scottish football has changed in the past couple of years with regards to the English sort of transfer market, that more teams kind of take, the fans don't, but the, the teams take it a little bit more serious. And I think that's th- thanks to players like John McGinn, etc. Where I don't, like Conor Ronan was loaned here just to see how he would do. He's done well. Like Wolves yeah. plan to sell him. That's that's why he's been loaned to St. Martin. Like he, he's played in Switzerland. Like no one in the UK watches the Swiss League. We don't know what it's like. So you still, it's a bit more accessible for him to play in Scotland. He's done really well. I don't think he needs to make the step that Kenny McLean or John McGinn done where they had to move to another club, prove themselves, and then move again to an yeah. English club. I genuinely think he'll, if he's not in the English Championship next season, I, I mean, I don't know what's gone wrong there, but like I genuinely think that's where he'll be going. Yeah. Whether it's like a, a Middlesbrough or, say, Wigan get promoted and it's Connor Ronan and Jamie McGrath together or whatever, or... <laughs> Um, I, I do think he'll end up in the championship, like, but top end championship as well. I don't, I don't imagine him being on the bottom half. I think he'd be pushing like lower end Premier League. But I don't <laughs> think I think that may be a step too far at the moment. You've probably got to see how well he does in the championship before he, he looks at that. He'll have an exactly. Irish cap before next season oh, rolls yeah. round as well. Hundred um, percent for sure. He's, he's a, a goal scoring midfielder that isn't reliant on scoring penalties. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's got that going for him. <laughs> but he can hit a penalty as well. So. Aye. Um, I, I, hope, I hope we do get to see more of him, but if this is us coming up for our final seven or eight games or whatever it is of, of running, then I've said that before, but I'm just going to enjoy, yeah. enjoy seeing what he's capable of and hopefully there's another moment of 
it's kind of comparable magic out of them at some point when we need it over over the next wee while as well. Ideally on Saturday. Aye. Ideally three winners in the next three games. I'll take that. <laughs> then he can go. He can do what he wants. Well, he doesn't even need to be here for the split. Aye. Well, that's we've got three games before the split. Uh, first game coming up, Dundee United at home. Big game. What are your th- predictions on this? Big fan of you not talking about the last two games goals and the, the Hearts game as well. What, what two yeah. goals? There's no point. Two crosses, shite defending, out the cup, fuck Robbie Nielsen, move on. Aye. There we go. Aye, aye, pretty much summed it up. But I think looking to Saturday, I think the United are going through a, a weird run of form where they seem to appear to play well in some games but don't score. I, I don't know how they are still sitting. But they, they are fifth, yeah. They are fucking awful. But I don't, there is there is a good four or five teams in this league that are determined not to finish fourth. They are going out their way to try and finish fourth in this league. They are us. <laughs> there's no Aye. there's no bones about it. One one win in ten, pulling out a draw against the old first, <laughs> losing to teams they should really be beating. They've, they've scored one less goal than us this year. That's us. Yeah. Like they've scored one less goal than the team that doesn't score goals. Aye, they're they're there to they're there to be got at, and I think if we're going to, if you can in a game against a team in this league, risk being a wee bit more open. It's probably against in the United. They don't really have men. They don't really have goal scorers in their team. I think Tony Watt had a good first half of the season, but he's been pretty. Mm-hmm. pretty quiet since he's went to United they don't really give him any decent service this is a team that by the way play Liam Smith in centre midfield now so yeah. they're, they're 100% a team that we should be aiming to beat I think I, I, I don't know maybe we're a wee bit optimistic like, I think we might win 2-0 I, 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 it is it's, when you come against Dundee United you know you know it's going to be a strange game. You know you'll probably play better than them. You'll create the more chances, but it's just whether you're going to take the chances that matter. And I, I think it'll be a tight one, but I'm going to say, I hope it's like a, a scrappy 1-0 win, same against we done against Dundee kind of thing. I have a feeling it's going to be like a one each or a 0-0. I say this in the full knowledge that the, the opposite... It's probably now going to happen and we'll, we'll have a kind of pitiful defeat and it's fine. But I feel like this might be where it clicks. I think for us to have, you know, had a few rough games, not really fashioning any chances. We go to, to Dundee, regardless of how we got there, we got the result that we needed. We, we were getting, you know, more possession, more chances. You're really not far at all away from Jones burying one, Brophy putting one of his away potentially one of them scoring another one with the chances they had as well and no one ever cares about mm-hmm. you know how long it took to, to get the goal when we did score it was well worked we're also the still waiting we... for Alex Greaves hat-trick exactly the the goals that we created against Hearts were, were excellent football I kind of feel like this might be the one where it, it clicks but Dundee United are, are not a not a good team they're, they're not to be you know they're not to be taken lightly either they, you know they They've amassed the points they have, and they don't concede many goals. So they're, you know, they're there where they are on merit. That's 
that's fine. But I think if, if we continue playing like we've been kind of threatening to play and creating the amount of chances, I think we had nine shots on was it nine shots on target or six shots on target, I think, against against Hearts and, and one of them that we scored from was from mm-hmm. forty yards out wide, then I think we're we're not far away from maybe putting a couple of goals past someone and and Dundee United don't look up too much up front. So I th- I think it could be two 0 Easy. If um it could just as easily go the other way, but that's make, make, sure and, uh, make sure and come back and tweet us the recordings of this uh, once we get beat 1 0. Yeah. Callum Butcher header or something like that. <laughs> a Tony Watt 14 yard deflected strike. <laughs> so what, one thing you can say about our listeners as well. Samarn fans in general, they they love a moan and they love a point scoring. But luckily our listeners aren't like they uh, the amount of predictions I have made personally or even bad judgments and or said the wrong players or whatever like that, not one person's ever tweeted saying Aye. And I don't mind that. Except from that time Good, good point. Except from that time that guy tweeted the, the, the podcast about um Craig saying that we should have went for Kevin Nisbet and uh, saying, Oh, that's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, like like you think we can actually get him I said, to which I replied I said we should have went for Zlatan did you not have a problem with that one? <laughs> for all the for all the terrible predictions and stupid points and mispronunciations the only thing I was ever pulled up on was unpopular opinions <laughs> stop talking about fo- food on a fucking football podcast it's one it's of Ross's pretty much. So, yeah. so fuck him and fuck Ross too <laughs> uh, I think uh if something, if we'll, obviously, it's coming up to the time we're probably going to need to do a, a season review and a, a month or two's time. It would be interesting to go back and see whatever these predictions were. I think I actually said we were going to finish that uh, fifth. So, I mean, that's still on. That's uh, that's well still on, Craig. I think Craig said he's finishing seventh for the last two years. So, uh, and just outside by a point, I think it was. Uh, <laughs> I... I can't, I can't even remember what I said. I probably said we're going to win it or something. Third, um, I think you said. Third. 20 <laughs> points clear of four. Shit, I meant to say that for the Hearts podcast. Oh, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, we, we will be back after this. Hi, I'm Alex Grieve and you're listening to Misery Hunters. I just love his voice. Like It's up there. That one's now my favourite alongside the Joe Shaughnessy one. Yeah. Um, it should... Um... We should say as well, if anyone ever comes across a someone player out in the wild, mm-hmm. please ask them to do a, a Misery Hunter's voice note. If anyone can get an, a verified someone player, oh, I'd yeah. be willing to pay one-sixth of a t-shirt for you. Oofed. Or one-fifth of a t-shirt or whatever. You're so generous. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm just that kind of guy. I'd be willing to force the other guys to pay for 80% of a t-shirt for you. And also the thing is, you get out your own wee personal delight as you watch the player's face ask you again what the name of the podcast is <laughs> some people like Joe Shaughnessy have a laugh some people like Eamon Brophy have to ask you six times <laughs> some people like Eamon Brophy have an existential crisis about the nature of language <laughs> <laughs> it is time for oh, I've forgotten which button it is and I'm hoping it's this button hello this is Billy Mehmet and this is the Billy Mehmet Hall of Fame let's do the dance I got the correct button Mark it's over to you the, the best button that there is for the best feature consistently voted the best feature by the, the fans of the, the podcast as well 
I would assume. If, if we had votes, which we don't. If we had fans. Yeah, Billy Mehmet, Hall of Fame time. I think uh, we've had you know some nice things said about some nice people over the last wee while, so I think the, the time was right to, to pick an arsehole and put them in again. Sorry, I'm really distracted by... <laughs> yeah, Sam, Sam making his dinner. Cooking his dinner. Needs must. <laughs> there was talk of you getting put in the Hall of Fame as a as a notable villain, Sam. And I, I'll be I laughed it off, but putting me off by squirting ketchup around while I'm trying to to deliver a very serious opening to, to this year. Yeah, yeah. You're in consideration. There's a little bit of yeah. behind the curtain for you of what happens yep. in Misery <laughs> Hunter's recordings. Ketchup. Is usually me eat my dinner. Right? <laughs> Just slathering ketchup all over himself. But, you know, one of those things. Anyway, we've um, we've said lots of nice things in, in recent weeks about Sergei Bogtacha and Tony Fitzpatrick and others, so it is absolutely time to call someone an arsehole and put them in next to Alex Ray on the on the villain shelf of the Hall of Fame. And that person that we've chosen this time round is everyone's favourite chuchter, Ross Tokley. The ball bag's ball bag. Boo indeed. <clears throat> Ross was birthed as the result of a blood ceremony involving the union of a jackal and a three-horned goat <laughs> in the north of the country in March 1979. He was actually 43 last week. And um, I'm sure you'll join me in hoping that he had an absolutely shite birthday. He's only 43. I know, he's looked 43 since his late teens. Uh, he, he, he looked about 50 when he was at Ross County. Yep, yep. 43. That's what that Highland there does to you. He played almost 600 matches for Inverness in all competitions, which will put miles on your clock. That maybe explains why he looks 80. Um, we could talk about lots of things that Ross Tokley did, but no one wants to. We just want to go straight to August 1999 and the opening months of what would turn out to be an incredible season for St Murn FC and maybe the brightest light in that in that team, the, the, the brightest young Scottish player in that team having his career pretty much ended in front of the North Bank by a baldy animal by the name of, of Ross Tokley. It was maybe the worst tackle seen in Scottish football outside of Lee Griffith's DMs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am absolutely there, delighted with that. <laughs> Not going to lie. <laughs> uh, Chris Kerr, promising fullback, side down, Ligaments shredded, kept him out for pretty much 18 months. He, he came back, he tried again. He, he was back in the, the the treatment table more often than he was on the pitch. And ultimately, you know, barring a, a few appearances going down the leagues and in the juniors, his career was done within within four years of, of that tackle. And it, it should it should be the first thing that Ross totally thinks of every morning when he mm-hmm. woke, wakes up. He, um, in 2007, he was sent off for Inverness for punching Stephen McGarry. That's St Munns, Stephen McGarry, future manager, Stephen McGarry, punched by this animal. And then in 2009, I found one reference in a a long forgotten St Munns uh, Scottish football periodical that claimed that he tried to stamp on Mark Howard's head. And, uh, Look at in a Sam's face on that one. In 2009, I know. Not Sam, Mark Sam's greeting trees. Sam's greeting trees ketchup. Not a word, not a word, it's a word bowling. <laughs> So he's he's got um. There's also if you Google Ross Tokley St. Man, which which I did about an hour and a half ago, 
maybe seven different articles where he's asked about how much we hate him and he just says, oh, you know, it makes me play better and we, we, we've beaten them and I've even scored against them and it's all quite funny, isn't it? So I'm not even going to quote the prick. He doesn't deserve it. He doesn't deserve the oxygen. We'll, we'll round this off by talking about what he's done since he, since he left Inverness. He, he's coaching, I think he's currently a youth coach at Inverness, so God help those young players learning off that 80-year-old reptile. But his only management experience, he took a Brora, a Brora uh, team who, in the five years before he took over, had won the Highland League twice. In the five years after he left, they've won the Highland League twice. And he took the single biggest team in Highland football to sixth position because he's a useless big baldy pudding. <laughs> Get it right up him. Welcome to the Billy Mehmet Hall of Fame, Ross Tokley, you prick. <laughs> but you know what? I, I, this is I've got a new favourite thing about our podcast, and it's Angry Mark. Like, <laughs> we need more villains in this podcast, uh, in this Hall of Fame. I'm kind of glad I lost that poll. You need to get full with Ryan Marker. Mm-hmm. Just end up in the Hall of Fame. Find anyone that ever fouled Billy Mehmet, and I'll um, I'll write. Anyone? Uh, it's, I brand a bit Ross than he sees a Billy Mayman. Have a have a have an answer to see who is better at a Mammoth or Betty. Oofed. I'm not for it. But um Billy Mammoth. What a man. Uh, but yeah. Welcome to the, the, the villain portion of the Billy Mammoth Hall of Fame, Ross Tokley. And Ross, if you're listening, and I hope you are fuck you. I live in Irvine. <laughs> Find me on LinkedIn and send me a DM. You and then I'll no show up to wherever you tell me to be because I'm a shite bit. 200 miles away. <laughs> if you ever want to travel 300 miles and no fight someone because they've shat it, be my guest. March on that. But uh, thank you for listening to the Misery Hunters podcast, miseryhunters.co.uk, for our t shirt merch line. We've got the new Alex Grieve Buzzing Mate t shirt. Uh, is a good design get on that uh, we also have Andrew Christie's latest blog is up there um, You can. it's an absolute stormer this week as well I read that earlier on yeah and he also got really really good sometimes it annoys me that he gets the the, the blog out before the podcast because he's always got a better pun than us for the name but um, I don't know I quite like the one that this name will be and uh if you happen to be a fan of Eurovision, which sounds really strange that we're talking about this on a Simon podcast, just keep your eyes open on social media and like whenever you listen to these podcasts because something special is coming your way. A nice three-part podcast. Uh, <laughs> you almost uh, you almost left it out of the bag, Jamie, that we've actually been selected as the UK's Eurovision entry this year. Spaceman, or whatever the song's called. That's what It's honk. It's a bit shit. But we will have the... Actually, we will be talking about that very shortly on another podcast. <laughs> but thank you for listening. Uh, and yeah, fuck Robbie Nielsen. Fuck Ross Tolkien. Fuck yeah. Fuck. I didn't know. Well, that was a bit angry. Can I speak fuck Andy Howard? That's good. I'll tell you. Podcast Network.